Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are definitely all that, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. So, Jonah, we were talking the other day about kind of a security run-in you had when you were visiting me at SNL. And I wanted to see if you wanted to elaborate on it. Yeah, it relates to our guest today. And I don't think he'll remember this probably, but but there was a point where basically sort of your dressing room was down this kind of hallway uh-huh. where you enter and, you know, there'd be kind of security. There'd be people around. There's a lot going on for the show. Everyone's coming out of the studio. And so I would go to the show a lot. So I kind of had my own little system. I would go back there. A lot of people who worked there kind of knew me as your brother and everything. And I remember... Going back there one time and there was maybe a newer security guard and he was kind of freaked out. And he was like, well, hey, where are you going? I was like, oh, it's it's fine. I'm, I'm Vanessa's brother. I'm just going back to her dressing room. And he was like, how do I know you're Vanessa's brother? Like, you know, he, which fair enough. Like I could be anyone. And I remember like showing him my driver's license. I was like, look, like this is my name. I'm Vanessa's brother. And as this tense conversation is happening, Keenan comes around the corner and the security guard goes to Keenan. Keenan, do you know this guy? And points at me. And Keenan just looks at him straight ahead and goes, "No, I've never seen this person before in my life." <laughs> and this guy is so freaked out and looks at us. And then, like two beats later, Keenan's like, "No, nah, I'm just kidding. This is, this is Vanessa's brother." And uh, diffused the situation. But I thought it was so funny because it was such a unplanned, unscripted, funny moment that kind of diffused the situation and and just incredible. We are in the comedy temple at that place. So we always have to <laughs> keep that in mind. I'm glad it worked out though. Yeah. Well, I figured you, do you remember that? You probably don't because you probably have funny moments like that all the time. I do. I remember you kind of being hemmed up and it wasn't like a normalcy because, you know, yeah, everybody knows like that's Vanessa's brother. It's Jonah. Like, you know what I mean? Like we all know that, but at any given moment, there could be a new guy and Sure. Yeah. Kudos on him for, Good for on looking him. out for sure. Vanessa. He's, yeah. he's protecting yeah, he's everyone. He's doing his job. I get it. Yeah. And, and kudos on you for making it into a hilarious bit. Yeah. Nothing worse than a security guard like pressing the issue, though. You know what I mean? Because at that point, right. it's like, all right, now nah, this is escalating. Yes. yes. And yes. I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, in case you haven't guessed, our guest today is not only a little sweetie, but an incredibly talented comedian and actor who you may know from a million things, including Nickelodeon's All That, Good Burger. You might know him as the longest running and most delightful cast member of all time on SNL. Please welcome our sweetie little friend, Kenan Thompson. Look who's talking. <laughs> little sweeties out here. You both. Look at those smiles. The love between 
two siblings, the bond is just really strong. Oh my God. And I feel it because like, you know, my siblings are around me now because my birthday's coming up and stuff like that. So it's just great. That's so nice. That's so fun. Are you guys going to have a little celebration for your birthday? Yeah, I think we're going to do a couple of things like, you know, club it up <laughs> one of these nights and like another night, maybe go to dinner and something more relaxing or whatever. And just, you know, be around the babies and family and stuff. It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna that's going to nice. be so nice. Yeah. Yeah. We're the same age. So you, we're both going to be 44 this year. How's it feel for you? I'm going to be 45. 45. Okay. It feels great. This is the this great. Is a big one. This is like yeah. one of those markers kind of thing. Yeah. I remember when the show turned 45 and they were like, oh, snap, the 50th is coming up and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Like, that's just like 50 years from now. And then all of a sudden it's like going to be within a year yeah. and a half or something like that. Yeah. Crazy. 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 Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here today. We're so excited to have you. I'm so excited to like hear what you guys talk about. <laughs> well, you know, this is a really nostalgic podcast. Like, you know, we talk about nostalgic things and I guess we wanted to start by saying, you know, a lot of the shows and stuff that you've worked on are so nostalgic for people. And so I guess our question is like, what feels nostalgic to you? Like what, I know that's a kind of a general question, but like what kinds of yeah. shows and things like that feel nostalgic to you? I'm an 80s kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like born at the end of the 70s. So everything kind of cusping between like the late 70s or like mid 70s to mid 80s is like very in my nostalgia brain. And then like mid 90s is kind of like my high school era. So that's like the music I love. Like I love Outkast so much because they emerged in like 94 yeah. or something like that. And then I got, I graduated in 96. So I remember I told little baby that little baby i should say because he went to my high school and i was i found that out like as we were doing good nights they were like you know he went to tri-cities blah, blah blah i was like for real that's crazy so i went over to him i was like man you went to tri-cities like yeah i was representing i was like damn me too i was like man i'm class of 96 he was like damn was like, <laughs> thanks <laughs> this is all why we're waving good night to everybody that's so basically funny. let me know i'm super old I'm like, okay cool but yeah Anything like late 70s, 80s, a lot of Burt Reynolds comes to mind. Yeah. Were you able to, because obviously you've also been acting from such a young age. Like, were you on any shows growing up that you were like a fan of that you would watch as a kid or anything like that? That I had made it on to as an actor? Yeah. Or, or even that you were on as a kid when you were sort of more of like a child kind of actor. Nothing that I had watched or was a fan of, I don't think I made into, no, I always wanted to. Yeah. And then I would kind of see those people around like the Kids Choice Awards or the Big Help. And like, that was my first introduction to like being, oh snap, I'm kind of close to famous people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, it kind of all started on Nickelodeon. And do you remember, I remember once we were talking about, I feel like we had this conversation where we were talking about the cast of the snick show roundhouse and you were saying that like people in your cast i guess it was must have been all that mm -hmm. thought they were so cool because you guys were kind of younger and they were all sort of teenagers or early 20s was that yeah do you can you elaborate on that and also were there other casts like that like the hey dude cast or other casts that you guys thought were really cool like older kids yeah well across the studio like the nickelodeon studios in orlando was just two stages i think 18 and 19 or 19 and 20, one of the two. And Gullah Gullah Island was on the other stage. And their stage was like super duper like Delta, kind of like Florida, Delta, Louisiana. Like it had a lot of like character and style. Uh-huh. And then like these big ass like <laughs> mascot people running around with that big ass head or like big ass frogs, whatever it was. Like all they had a lot going on over there yeah and it was really cool so we were really big fans of them and they were also like you know really like representing diversity early it was one of the early like all black family kind of representations that wasn't like you know super duper sketch show or something it was just like a musical uh -huh. kind of a show and then you know they had these caribbean accents like we're black people <laughs> representing <laughs> it was great <laughs> so we were big fans of them and then um yeah when we came in like we were replacing i think roundhouse and like some of those people were around you know like trickling off or whatever and yeah they yeah. were grown-ups they were like literal grown-ups that looked young and we were like man that must be so cool 
to like <laughs> drive a car or like, can they do roundhouse kicks? Is that what the show's about? <laughs> we were so confused. <laughs> That's really great. That's really funny. I, you know, I thought of two bloomers things when you were talking just now. One is that one of the first song parodies that I ever did, even before my all-female sketch comedy musical parody troupe in college bloomers was we did a parody of roundhouse the intro song about like whenever my heart starts to slow down it was about like the circulatory system <laughs> and this, also didn't outcast sing hey ya yeah they did do you know that we opened a bloomer show once with a parody of that song called ha ha Hilarious. Kenan, how much do you miss hearing stories about bloomers from Vanessa? I love it. Between that and Gwen, those are like the two genres that I miss hearing about because she would get so excited to talk about her best friend. Yeah. And then her college years. I mean, (laughs) you know, the early college years when you're just like free still to decide who you want to be and, you know, kind of how you want to spend your daily pursuits. If you're lucky enough to be around those that entertain you as much as you entertain them. You know what I mean? What a, what a blessing. And I think you just hold on to those memories. Like I hold tightly to my high school theater memories. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. as much as I contributed, you know, to them in their eyes, like they gave me everything. They gave me like all the daily purpose, you know, I could ever even ask for. Like we spent all our time together. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. What were some of the productions that you remember that were kind of your favorite productions? I mean, we were writing them when I was kind of already working or whatever, but they were all very like deep, heavy kind of plays. You know, this was like, you know, my drama experience or whatever that, you know, people never got to really witness unless you went to like our little theater downtown and saw us perform. So I remember we did this one song or this one show called... I can't even remember because it was, it was made up. You know what I mean? So it could have been like rhymes and reasons, or it could have been like <laughs> downtown kids. I don't, I don't remember what it was called, but you know, they were all very like, oh, we're like youth teens dealing with, you know, violence or, you know, teenage AIDS or drug abuse and stuff like that. Or like South Africa, there was one show called Soweto that they did, you know, over and over. That was about apartheid. And that one was super deep, you know what I mean? And yeah. Heavy, stuff like that. But. Yeah, the other one we did was like, yeah, just made up songs about, you know, just being angsty, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Something that I've noticed about you is you've pretty much all your life worked with a lot of other people. You've done a lot of ensemble work and worked really collaboratively. And and then the experience for me as someone getting to work with you is that you are just, and I know we keep saying this, but you are truly like the kindest little sweetie, darling angel. And... Because I even remember when I was at SNL, when new people would come in, you'd sort of feel like this ownership of the show. This is kind of my show. And it can be hard to like welcome new people in or deal with like sort of just the way that the cast changes and everything. And I feel like you always took that so in stride and were always so kind to the new people. I'm not saying I was like a big bitch to the new people or anything. (laughs) No, thanks. (laughs) Um, Hi, hi. I'm Leslie. No, thanks. (laughs) Vanessa. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I always looked at it as you always had two choices. You can embrace it or you can be that person that's trying to hold on to your thing while they're moving you out the door. You know what I mean? And you're not able to adapt to the future. Like I never wanted to be that person. And also I don't love beef. You know what I'm saying? I never wanted to feel threatened by another person's opportunity. You know, like I think we all have different things to offer, you know? And I mean, I saw it when I first got there, it was like, 15 rock stars in the cast, you know what I mean? Yeah. When I immediately got there. So anybody that came behind me, I'm like, that's just the natural progression of it. It has to be. Yeah. Because like, it must have been awkward for like Jimmy and all those people to like deal with me and finesse all of a sudden, you know what I mean? And have to like treat us like we've been there for years or something because that's just how it goes. But as you get your laughs on Wednesday, those guards come down, you know what I mean? Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, you're a contributor. And you know, you can handle, you know, each individual's like quirks, basically. Like some people are more social, some people are, are less, but, you know, everybody's kind of focused on the main mission, which is getting the show done. So if you can fall into that, you're good. Do you have any sort of nostalgia for like 
your early years on the show? You know, you started in like 03 before maybe like iPhones or before people were... Do you have any nostalgia for that period, I guess? One million percent. I remember <laughs> having two phones, neither one of them being iPhones. They were like Sprint phones. I think I had like Sprint still. And I had a flip phone. There's like a meme or like a, a clip of LeBron. Like this is how long LeBron James has been in the NBA. And he has like a flip phone and he's like recording like the All-Star Weekend or something on a flip phone. And like I had that phone. And I remember like the orange screen or whatever it was. So using that as a as a measuring point, yeah, it, it's wild. It, I've been there for a while. Yeah. As much as you're so welcoming to everyone, there's I'm sure there's certain people that leave and you miss them. I don't know who. It was really sad when one of my sweetest smiling friends left the show because it's like, <laughs> I think I remember the last day or last few shows or whatever, you and Cecily were doing a sketch. And for some reason, like the rehearsal was taking a long time and y'all were stuck in conversation with each other for so long. You feed off each other so much as friends, as people, as comedians, you know what I mean? And like, I don't really know what y'all were talking about because it was muted. But she was going, 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 and you were just like nodding and agreeing and like, you know, processing what she's saying. And then like you would say something else and then she would go on another tangent and you were just there with her. Like, I think you guys were like gum chewing characters because you were chewing gum. So I was like watching you chew gum and like nod your head and listen for a long time. And I'm like, see, that is a collaborative environment when you, someone can talk to you for a long time and you not be like, oh, let me get my two cents in or whatever. Or she talks too much. You know what I'm saying? Blah, blah, blah. It was just like you were talking back to her with your mind and your acknowledgement of like, yes, I'm still with you. Like, keep going with that thought or whatever. And then you would feed her another tidbit and then she would go on another tangent. So it was just a beautiful thing to like watch the friendship. Also, the, you know, professional respect of two comics discussing whatever y'all were discussing you know what i mean and i was like that's so nice i'm gonna miss these little sweeties you know and like it was just one of those sad revelations of you know time moves forward like yeah how parents must feel watching their kids grow up you know what i mean like yeah. you just want to keep them small forever but you, you can't well one of the sketches that we got to do with cecily my last show and that we would do a lot is the one wasn't she played Gemma and you were my husband and yes. either I'd have to eat a ton of shrimp or like whatever food it was. But then the last one was just that water kept getting thrown on me. <laughs> I would just get soaked. Like we were on a- Just you. It would only hit me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. It was so much fun to play your husband who, because you, to me, I've told Vanessa this a million times. She's the purest person walking the planet. <laughs> She's just one of the purest people I've ever met. So for her husband to kind of just be departing down, you know, the, the pervy section of time or just wanting to experiment with things just used to make me laugh. And she would just question like, you're not hard, are you? Oh, they used to kill me. <laughs> there was someone that I didn't know who they were and you thought it was... Cat Williams. Oh, yeah, it was Cat Williams. <laughs> it's like, who's Cat Williams? I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I have literally met an angel. I've met an angel out here who is pure of heart. Well, on that note, <laughs> we're going to take a, a quick commercial break, but we'll be right back with Keaton Thompson. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. And we're back. Thanks. That was quick. That was so fast. It goes fast. It goes fast. So, Keenan, we asked you about a few topics that you might want to talk about today. And we picked one that Jonah was quite obsessed with growing up. And I, you know, got to kind of interact with through his obsession. Jonah, do you want to say what it is? Yeah, it's it's a little athlete named Bo Jackson. Oh, fantastic. And... Yeah, what's your connection with Bo? My connection with Bo was only just watching the the Bo Jackson experience. And then, you know, kind of seeing on the other side of it is like 30 for 30, like documentary, you know, was really enlightening, you know, because you talk about like ascending into the fire and then kind of disappearing, you know what I mean? And like what that change must be like. And also, you know, it's been 30 years and he's, he's still alive. He's still walking. Like, what is his life like? And to see... You know, how he had made peace with everything was just wild. So, yeah, our obsession was warranted because Bo Jackson was one of the craziest athletes the planet had seen, not just, you know, for that era. You know what I mean? He was just doing wild shit. Like, he would snap bats across his leg like they were toothpicks, like hard, full bats. He would just snap them shits and have out of frustration when he would strike out or something, like, just across his leg. And he would do that often. It wasn't like a clip where, like, oh, remember that one time? Bo Jackson, like, wasn't that crazy? Like, how much strength they must take to do it once? No, he would do it all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I've never seen just crazy man, you know, Goliath strength on a person like that who wasn't like 6'9". You know what I mean? He didn't look like he right, was like right, right. a super duper giant. He just was just all muscle. And yeah. I'm picturing myself just trying to open a jar and just struggling. Yeah. And like, you give it to him and he like has to be careful not to crush the jar before he gets a chance to open it <laughs> and just naturally holding things. I don't know, man. Like the guy was a beast and then all of a sudden he hurt himself and it was over. Yeah. He was everywhere. Like he was a cartoon. He was, you know, the leading thing in the NFL, the kind of like the most exciting thing in, in Kansas City, just because he was just, you know, catching balls and then like Instead of hitting the wall and bouncing off of it, he ran up the wall and like came down on the other side. Like we'd never seen shit like that before. So when all of a sudden it was kind of over, it was just like, oh man, like, you know, he is human. And then I saw, like I said, his 30 for 30, what's, you know, kind of Bo Jackson been up to lately. And, you know, he's just a guy living in the same house he bought in 1990, you know, 89 or whatever. And he shoots bow and arrows and he makes his own arrows. And that's what makes him happy. He doesn't watch football. He doesn't watch much sports. But that documentary kind of like brought him back into the world. So he started doing more commercials and, you know, like a couple more commentary things. So we had like a little like, oh, snap, like Bo Jackson's around with like, you know, Barry Sanders and like all these other people, you know. And it was like, well, that's that's an interesting thing to see. Because his documentary is crazy. Like, he always had this crazy man strength from, like, age 10 or something like that, just genetically gifted. And they were talking about he did, like, a backflip out of, like, waist-deep water one time. Like, he jumped out of the water and did a backflip. And oh, landed on his feet. wow. You know what I mean? And his coach at the time and his wife were, like, watching, like, a middle schooler do this. And they were, like, watching from their house porch, like, did you see that? Like, <laughs> yeah. And then he talked about, like, crab apple wars where they would like throw crab apples at the kids across the street and like they would start with him and then run in the house knowing that he could throw really hard and he didn't want to let it go just because they were in the house he would throw at the screen doors but he would throw so hard he would throw through people's screen doors 
fucking crab apples. <laughs> Wild. Oh my gosh. So there was much to kind of be, you know, intrigued by with that guy. He was just and it was an amazing thing on this earth. I got to see that documentary. So we good. had the, I don't know, Vanessa, remember, we had the book, Bo Knows Bo, growing up. Did you ever have that book? No, but Bo Knows Everything was a slogan for a while, and we believed it. Yep. And yeah, he was our Superman. Like, he was just doing wild shit. Did you have the poster of from the book where he's like... He's got the shoulder pads and the bat, kind of... <sighs> I didn't personally, but I remember that yeah. poster. It was in a lot of people's, you know, bedrooms. It was in a lot of like my friends' bedrooms, like right above their beds. Like <laughs> Bo Jackson just like hovering while they sleep. It's interesting. And then we were talking about the Bo, you don't know, Diddley campaign. I just watched the commercial where it's like so good. Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, John McEnroe, and then mm-hmm. obviously Bo Diddley. Yeah, yeah, and Bo Diddley. They're like Bo knows this, Bo knows that, and everybody's in agreement. All these. You know, titans of industry of their specific sport, you know, we're all giving him his credit. Like, yo, this is the man. Like, yeah, I'm Michael Jordan. This is Wayne Gretzky. That's Shaq. Right. You know what I mean? But this is Bo Jackson type shit. And then Bo Diddley. Well, Bo don't know Diddley. (laughs) (laughs) And then they point at each other like, that's right. (laughs) Huns. It was great. The 80s was great. There's another athlete that I was a big fan of that I wanted to ask you about, which was from that era named Brian Bosworth. Yeah. Bo Jackson's arch nemesis. Yeah. Yeah. What was that movie that he did? Stone Cold. He's an undercover cop and he infiltrates this biker gang. And it's, I actually watched it recently. It wasn't terrible because he fit the look so good. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, snap. This Brian Bosworth, is he a biker? Is he? It's like, oh, he's undercover. Gotcha. Well, he looks like a like he could be the leader of a gang. Yes, and I need to watch that again. You so should watch cold. it. I think it's online, and it, it's so incredible because the opening scene is this crazy action sequence where he beats up all these guys in a grocery yeah. store, yeah. and then he's walking out, and the cops like, and he's on suspension. He's like, "You're not supposed to be here." He's like, "Clean up on aisle nine. Nice. It's just incredible. It's such a fun. But that was they it. all wanted to be Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Yes, it's so funny. Just deliver one line with a look back to the camera. Yep. And now you're an action star. Yeah, and he was in all those right guard commercials, remember? Yeah, and he had a, a resurgence with Dr. Pepper recently. Like, the Boz really? has always been a character. Yeah, he was doing, like, recent Dr. Pepper commercials. But yeah, as, you know, as every superhero needs a villain, Brian Bosworth was kind of that for Bo Jackson, and they had this epic, like... I didn't know that. Goal line stance showdown where it was like, who's the athlete of the century, basically? Is it Brian Bosworth, who had a great college career? Or is it Bo Jackson who had, you know, a great college career as well? And like, I think they battled, you know, in college one time and maybe Brian maybe have gotten the best of it or I can't remember. But I remember Brian Bosworth being like, I got this. I can stop Bo Jackson. And this was the moment it was like, you know, fourth and goal or third and goal or whatever. And, it, you know, came down to like, all right, Brian Bosworth is a linebacker on defense. You know, if they hand it off to Bo Jackson, it's going to be a head-to-head kind of a match, you know, running back versus linebacker, you know, for the six-point, you know, touchdown lead or victory, whatever it was. And, you know, Bo Jackson just ran over him. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild. But, you know, the Boz continued to be the Boz because he he was a beast. You know what I mean? Like, I give him his credit. He was a monster. Did you ever meet any of these guys during that era through like the Kids Choice or Nickelodeon or because you were obviously in this kind of pop culture world as well? Yeah, no, like Shaq was early on because he was close to Nickelodeon. He liked coming to like the the big help and like, you know, hanging out with kids and supporting, you know, playing games. He was like a big kid, basically. So he was like the first kind of athlete, I think. And he was in the Good Burger film, right? He was in Good Burger. He was also in this other kind of like one-off TV movie thing we did for Nickelodeon. I think it was called, I can't remember, but it doesn't matter. Like he was always like around Nickelodeon. I think maybe through his friendship with Brian Robinson, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. When I was in college, I had a VHS, an orange VHS of Good Burger. Yeah. And I used to watch it a lot. Yeah. It was a special <laughs> touch because they decided to do something different with their marketing. You know what I mean? Like Nickelodeon was big on the orange thing. So of course, you know, they would embrace the orange tape. I'm not sure if the Michelle Trachtenberg, Rosie O'Donnell movie was an orange tape or not, but okay, I think it resonated when ours was. Yeah. I know you're a music fan. Like, that's a big thing with records, too, like colored vinyl, like diff- putting it out on different colors. When Ray Kwan did purple tape, yo, that was the illest ever. Yeah. 
that was the illest ever. Yeah. What have you, because I remember you did my old podcast many years ago. And yeah. what kind of was interesting was you were talking a lot. You at that point were getting really into like classic rock. Like I was like, what do you been listening to? And you were like fog hat and like yeah. <laughs> all this kind of stuff. Do you still listen to that kind of stuff? Or what, what have you been listening to? Absolutely. You want to see the list? Let me, let me see I what do. I, I do want to see the list. Let's just see what I recently added. Yes. <laughs> that might be in that genre. Right. So there's cool in the game in there. I guess I went down like a 70s rabbit hole. It happens. The Flamingos, but that's not, that's not classic rock, but that's just a classic. A lot of BGs. All right, so let me see my classic rock stuff. <laughs> yeah, so like Joe Walsh, Blind Faith, April Wine, <laughs> Jeff Beck, these are my guys. 10 years yep. after, I mean, 10 years after, Alice Cooper, Bad Company, Almonds, Birds, Ram Jam, like Jethro, bro. Like, I really went into it like that era. Yeah. And was like, what is it about this era where these songs, number one, are are so heartfelt and funky and this, that, and the other, but it's like very soulful music coming from a bunch of white dudes. It was just very intriguing to me. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. And our, our mom had a lot of those records growing up, like Blind Faith. Mm-hmm. I know she was very into the Allman Brothers. Like, yeah. What do you think kind of draws you to, the, to that kind of stuff? I guess like what? It's the music. You know, it's, it's different from like, you know, hard rock, alternative rock, where it just kind of leans into one kind of existence where, the, you know, heavy metal, you can tell when you hear it, it's heavy metal. Sure. But like classic rock was just like, very musical, like Chicago, you know what I mean? Like they just yep. were playing like musical, like different from the Beatles who were taking like, you know, their their classical music training and kind of flipping it into their kind of sound currently or whatever. It it wasn't that. This was like minor chords into, you know, diminished everything to get that funky, soulful, hyper emotional, hyper love story-ish kind of era. Like, it just seemed like everybody in the 70s just wanted to make love kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just big beards and big hair and like, you know, and I don't know. It's just like a lot of funky ass tunes, maybe just derivative off the 70s. Like, you know, disco became like a very funky kind of baseline, you know, existence for people. And then all these brilliant songwriters and, you know, people like Jeff Lynn. Oh, from ELO and from Electric yeah. Light Orchestra. Like, yeah, certain people just started like songwriting based on that kind of formula and then stretching it, you know, as far as it wanted to go in different directions or whatever. So we just, it was just an era of all these special ass songs. I don't know. It's, it's different from now. You know what I mean? Like, we have like Taylor Swift and what I, you know, and she's an incredible songwriter and, you know, the Harry Styles and the Beyonce's and, but it's just, it's just a different sound. It's, you know, not as brought to you by human beings as it used to be. You know what I mean? That was brought to you by like a couple of individuals who are able to manipulate technology or whatever. But, you know, these people were actually grinding out the instruments. You know, the Almond Brothers would play for generations, it seemed like, just to get, you know, three different, you know, rounds of a song that can actually make a song. So it's like we send it in this direction, that direction, in that direction, and that's our song. But doing that, we wind up with like 15-minute ballads you know what I mean? Because they were just very, very talented people. And the Grateful Dead was like that. Just people that were constantly on their instruments. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a documentary about the Grateful Dead, like Canadian train tour or something, where they took the train from like the east to the west or something and like did a tour for something or whatever. But they would talk about the nights in between shows. They would always wind up in like a car because it was like the Grateful Dead, the Almond Brothers, the this, the that, you know what I mean, of that era. And they would fucking play all night. They would like come to a room and like Jerry would be on a guitar and he'd start playing. And then like, you know, I don't Wallace Allman. I don't know his name. Like Greg. Or <laughs> Greg, that's you know, on. Start sure. playing. Yeah. You know, and like it was just a magical thing. And they would just play till everybody got tired every night after they did shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were just like living, creating music together. And I, I think that was just a special era. Yeah, I agree. Another film that I recently rewatched, aside from Stone Cold, is Dazed and Confused. Kind of forget about it. I think that might have started me kind of like hearing familiar songs and being like, "Damn, that's a good ass song." Yeah, and I would grab yeah. it, like rock and roll hoochie coo. I know. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's a fucking good song. That movie makes it seem like that would definitely be the best era to be like a teenager in. You would think, but you would think. I think we all hate the era we're stuck in when we're stuck under somebody's roof. You're right. You know what I mean? And we don't have the freedoms of being an adult or whatever. So 
I don't know. I mean, I loved my high school years, but I've always had a hyper fascination with like the 70s for sure. Yeah. Did you ever play any instruments or anything like that when you were kind of younger? I did. I grew up on the piano. So that was my first instrument. And I played for like eight years, but I started when I was like six. So five or six, it, you know, it doesn't really count as like a mastership. You know, I think you master an, instru- an instrument like, you know, when you go to college and you live in that sound booth on that instrument, like John Legend, like his legend is that he stayed playing the piano in college. You know what I mean? Like he was constantly in the practice. Yeah, room. we went to the same college and people like sometimes it's like, what's, you know, who's a bigger deal or whatever. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that's a big debate. Like, like, who's yeah, who's bigger at the time? Like did they it's know Vanessa or John? <laughs> yeah, it's like it doesn't matter. A, yeah, it, it's not, like yeah, that's not kidding. what life is about. <laughs> Thank you, Keenan. <laughs> I'm done with it. I'm over it. You're done with that because like it was too I'm much totally for you. Good. You were distracted when they were praising you so much. I get it. I get it. It's distracting. Yeah. But yeah, I grew up kind of on the piano and then played the trumpet Wow. as well and wound up in the marching band when I couldn't play football anymore. Also, just to imagine you playing trump, like you were and still, you still look so sweet. You were such a little cutie. Like to... It's so crazy how much. Are you kidding? That is a little sweetheart. God, so. Also, like maybe ninth or tenth grade. Like I look like I'm six. We just saw a photo of Keenan in the marching band. (laughs) The thing is, too, you know, like Jonah and I have like a few little video. We didn't have like a camcorder growing up, so we have a few videos and stuff of us growing up. But there's so much footage of you as a kid and. That must be crazy, like just to be able to watch yourself being younger and just it's one thing to see photos, but it's another thing to like hear your voice and everything and see yourself. My shit was high pitched for so long. <laughs> and like now I feel like I, I sound like a maniac when I'm in my normal voice because it's so low these days or whatever. But in comparison to when I was younger, I felt like I went through puberty for like five years. Because <laughs> <laughs> my shit used to be way up there. And now it's just like, I don't know who this guy is now. Completely different. And you were working with so many different kinds of people, like Vanessa said, like, like and Sinbad, like did so many amazing cameos in Good Burger. I mean, like... Yeah, we were yeah. lucky. We got very lucky on, on two fronts. Like, number one, Nickelodeon was just exploding. Like, everybody knew about it, but then... It started to like have its own like we're the cool ones kind of run, you know, as a channel or whatever. Yeah. So like everybody just answered the call whenever they called, whether it was presenting or, you know, doing something for the community, you know, with the big help or whatever. And like the big help was a big ask because it was all day. It might even have been a couple of days, but, you know, you were going to put some time in and if you weren't going to show up or whatever. And people did it, you know, that's where we I first met Whoopi, you know, and like wow. a lot of people like that. But then, you know, all that was special because of the musical guests. We were getting such incredible musical guests at the time. Like we had Usher and Aaliyah and wow. TLC doing a theme song and like right, that's everybody right. else. It was just wild. So, yeah, we were we were spoiled. Yeah. Very, very, very lucky. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. It was awesome. And now, yeah, I play the guitar a little bit now, I guess, to close oh, it yeah? out. So, you play yeah. electric guitar or acoustic? Both. One of these days, I would love to just shred some fucking solo action on a lead guitar. It would just be super dope to be able to just bust out on people like, oh, by the way, beep, dee, doo, doo, beep, doo, bam, just kill it. You could do it. There's some tricks to it. There a couple is. arpeggios, you learn a couple things, and you can just impress people. That's what you Then you go to Guitar Center, you just plug in, you play that, then you just walk out. School me, a wise one. At any given moment, you want to send me a video. <laughs> like, If you just bend around this little area right here, you can yep. pretty much play anything. Yeah, there's definitely some tricks. Yeah, I'll show you. I'll show you some stuff. Yeah, Jonah, that'll be cool. And then they, maybe the next time we're all in the same city, we can have a jam sesh. And I'll mostly be on vocals and I'll go, that's the song that I love so much and love. Rock and roll, this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we rolling? <laughs> Do that from the top. Here we go. Two, three. Full. Muck and roll this and that and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's we gotta start a, We should guys. get John Legend yeah, yeah, on this too. Yeah. yeah, okay, Jonah. He'll be on the squash remake. Squash the beef <laughs> with you and John Legend. Yeah. yeah. We can squash the beef. Or we should just start booking shows across the street from his. Yeah. It's like why do they keep booking shows the same night? 
Well, He's go. like, it's not affect. My shows are still selling out. It's not yeah. still thousands <laughs> of people coming, but. Oh, John Legend is here. He came to visit our show because he wanted to see a good show. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I bet John Legend would have been on all that if he was around them, but he was just a little baby. For sure. Yeah, he was a little boy or he was or stuck he was in school, age, still emerging. Yeah. yeah. One of the <laughs> yeah. two. Yeah. yeah. Too bad, little baby John Legend. You can't oh, do him. <laughs> sorry, baby John. <laughs> I love that everybody's babies and sweeties when I talk to <laughs> Vanessa. It's the best. I think she gets that way around you. I feel like it gets yeah. Sweet sure. little baby Joe Biden running again. <laughs> I think he I think he is, Vanessa. Yeah, I think he's gonna give it another whirl. That's so sweet of him. What a nice little president baby. <laughs> well, speaking of little sweetie baby commercials, we're gonna take a break for them right now and we'll be right back with Keenan. Wow, what an incredible segue I just did. That was pretty good. That was very professional. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. And we're back. So, Keenan, right now we're going to do a segment called Legit Moan or Unnecessary Groan. Legit Moan. Unnecessary Groan. Basically, our local paper growing up, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, used to have this section called Monday Moaning, where people would write in with their petty complaints. And it's so good. It's so funny. We loved it as kids. We think it's even funnier as adults. They stopped doing it about 10 years ago, but we like to look at these kind of like archival complaints and then we'll say whether we each think they're a legit moan, meaning it's a legit complaint or an unnecessary groan, meaning get out of here with this. Right. Okay. Grow up. Grow up. I can kick us off with the first one. And also a special shout out to Taryn Killam who does all our sound effects. Yes. Are you kidding? Yes. Oh, no. What a blessing. <laughs> yes. And I love that you guys are bonded so strong like that. Taryn is one of the, another, speaking of sweeties, just one of the best people on the planet. I agree. He's such a little sweetie. He's so freaking funny. And he's one of those people that doesn't have to focus on comedy, but he just loves it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's so talented in so many different things, but he loves to laugh. And his understanding of bringing humor forward for everybody else is just dope. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We'll have to invite him to our jam sesh. Yeah, definitely. Well, so this first letter, you know, not to take down the positivity, but um, Uh-oh. this first complaint comes from Fairview Park. And yeah, keep in mind, it's about 10 years old. This is a short one. I was at the McDonald's at South Park. They now charge 50 cents for a cup of water. 
I guess they didn't like the competition for their sugared and caffeinated drinks. Keenan, what are your thoughts on that? Is that a legit complaint or not so much? That's just a groan. Um, and also, like, relax. Gross. You can have a soda from time to time. It's not going to kill you. Yeah. yeah. You just don't want to have soda only, basically, because it is a lot of sugar, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. But relax. <laughs> okay. So unnecessary growth. Well, see, what I think is like there's kind of two things going on here. This person's mad about getting charged 50 cents for a cup of water and then is also clearly not a fan of sugar caffeinated drinks and is kind of conflating those two things. Yes. thousand percent. And also like... Yeah, we are the the dummies, I guess, for paying for water. But they made it seem like, you know, drinking water from the tap was unsafe for a while. So we get into these, you know, bottled waters. Right. And, you know, the Avion naive of it all. I'm like, is that a conspiracy? Or are they really, like, right. talking shit? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I guess oh, I can, never like, watch me before. get these dummies to pay for a free natural resource. Yeah. At the same time, I don't know. Like, maybe the water was dirty and we needed the bottled version. I don't know. You know, it's interesting because you know, these are, are older. So it's like, I think when that changeover was happening from something everyone just automatically thought was free to being charged I'd now go for out it. To the garden. I'd go out to my water hose <laughs> yeah. and, and drink for free for the rest of my life. Yep. Charge me for, well, it's, it's mostly for the cup. So. That's what I was thinking. Oh, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, if they charge like five or 10 cents for the cup, mm -hmm. I understand. But it's also like, yeah, you want to drink and you're not going to pay like however, you know, a dollar for a soda. Then if you want to drink, you want to have water. It should be free. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel strongly on this one, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Oh, just relax. Pay the 50 cent. It sounds like somebody's trying to skate on the system. Yeah. Like, I wonder what else they try to like get by on. Yeah. Not paying taxes. What else are they up to? Right, right. Well, you know, it's also like, do you guys want to go to McDonald's and get some waters? Yeah, <laughs> like, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> like, that's kind of a weird That's right, too. Jonah. I think I agree with you. Also, <laughs> waters and hamburger. You know what I mean? Like, what do you want to go with your hamburger? Just water, please. Yeah. Like, no, that's gross. If you're already in this deep, yeah. 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 I think right. this is an unnecessary groan. Jonah, are you, is that what I'm conflicted. Grown. I don't like paying for water, but I also yeah. do sort of feel like there's a lot of situations where you can get water, especially <laughs> 10 years ago for free or somewhere else. Like maybe just, just go somewhere else. Is, is this really the, the battle you want to fight? I think it's a little unnecessary. Overall. Yeah, to type that up and send it in grown. is a lot. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Okay, so I think we're in consensus. Also, this person grown. should see if they bring their own cup if it's free. Yeah. That's what yeah, I that's would challenge really this person to do in Fairview Park. Good challenge. Should I read this next one? Yeah. Okay. My moan is about the cell phones in restaurants. It is ridiculous. If they have to talk on the phone, they ought to go outside and get in their cars. The phone rings and they talk real loud. It's getting to be out of control. They should have signs that say no cell phones. Enjoy your meal. Did you just read that one again? Just because it was so funny. Okay. Yeah. Like I can picture the person. My moan is about the cell phones in restaurants. It is ridiculous. If they have to talk on the phone, they ought to go outside and get in their cars. The phone rings and they talk real loud. It's getting to be out of control. They should have a sign that says, no cell phones, enjoy your meal. That's right. I think that's a that's a legit moan because legit it sounds like moan. she's coming from the era where you know, the ringtone thing was like pretty prevalent and it was yes. like new for people to like have their phone on them all the time. And we didn't realize you could just use the vibrate feature. Also, it wasn't so easy to like find that in your settings back in the day. Right. To right. like just put your phone just on vibrate. You had to like go through some shit right. to do that. Yes. And yeah. Keenan, what do you think about people having to physically in a restaurant get up, go out and sit in their car to have and a conversation? Sit in their car. She says, don't just go outside, yeah. get in your car. <laughs> Yeah, because this was a car phone era. I think the social norms, like everybody was just like pretending. Like, Patton Oswalt has a joke like, you don't have to shout into the cell phone. They can hear you. It's not like a, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. a walkie talkie in the Korean War. <laughs> and like, it's one of my favorite jokes. Like, Foxtrot, India, whiskey, do you acknowledge? Like, no, you can just talk normal. <laughs> but we didn't know that. Like, you know, early on, there was a lot of like static interference and you would talk normal and then the person would be like, I can't hear you. So you would start to speak up. Sure. And then I think that kind of arc led to people like starting to talk loud immediately all the time. And then people complained or there was enough jokes made to where, you know, you're being that character in a restaurant where you're talking too loud became the thing that you didn't want to be. So now people are a little more like subdued when it comes to actually getting a phone call. Like, well, actually taking and be like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can hear me, blah, blah, blah. 
I gotta go. I'm, I'm I'm in public right now, and like the person can hear it, but like, okay, yeah, call me back, whatever. So, right, right. Sounds like when this complaint was being made was in the early ringtone days, and that shit is valid because it was noisy. You know what I mean? You'd hear the yeah. the Jeopardy theme song over here, and then you hear it's like Sanford and sound on my phone type shit over there, and people answering phones and talking. Yeah. Poor baby couldn't enjoy her meal. Yeah. yeah. So this is kind of like the water thing. This is like people starting to pay for bottled water. People starting to have cell phones everywhere, like new etiquette. And yeah. yeah, these things can be annoying at first. I had a really annoying ringtone. I had a ringtone from the movie The Cable Guy. Oh, my God. I was God. obsessed with that movie. And it what was part? some Jim Carroll thing. <laughs> I can't remember. It was some line that I thought was so funny. I was in this band and we would always watch it. Oh, just him talking? It was him talking. And like, it might have been when like Matthew Broderick won't let him into the apartment and he's like, excuse, I can't remember, but I had this really exaggerated Jim Carrey voice that would be super loud whenever anyone called me. Oh my God, Jonah. My favorite comedic performance, you know, of any movie, by the way, is Cable Guy. Yeah. I just think Jim Carrey is such a beast. Yes, it's such like, an incredible Maybe I movie. shouldn't have come at all. Jerk off! <laughs> just pull in your chain. Wake up, little snoozy. Smell, smell the sauce. That movie is so incredible. And it's kind of dark and kind of weird. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I think it's a really underrated comedy. Very I think much it's, so. Yeah. And like, is it Stiller's only directed movie? I don't know. Or did he direct Tropic Thunder? He might have, but then now he directs a lot of, he directs like Severance and stuff. Right. Yeah, that's his show. Yeah, he's killing it. Let's see, who directed, are you kidding? Ben Stiller directed it. Amazing. Yeah, he directed it, yeah. Yeah, and there's this kind of darker storyline with like, kind of like this like Menendez Brothers type situation. I think he plays one of them. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's a really, kind of a complex movie. But for like a comedy, but it's it's really incredible performances. So once again, me and Keenan on the same page here. That's I hear that. Incredible. Vanessa, did you have a cell phone? So Yeah, so I think this is a legit moan, but legit I also moan. asking people to go into their cars is a little yeah. uh extreme. <laughs> like I think, fed up. Yeah. I think they could just step up. outside, maybe, you know. Sure. Get in your car <laughs> and take the call. <laughs> Out of this restaurant. But to Keenan's point, like it was really hard 10 years ago or whatever, like to mute your phone or sure, to sure. know how to like, to, the reception wasn't as good. It was, you know, I, I feel for both parties in this. Yeah. Well, let me put this out. Like, what if like, oh, I'm at this baseball game. Like, oh, I got this call. It's important. I, I got to leave the game. I got to walk 10 blocks to my car. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get into it. I mean, I, I can't, you can't be going to your car every time you need to take a call. Just step away a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And you go, I'm at the game. What's up? I'm at the game. Like, I wonder if there, it's a weather thing. Like, I wonder if that person's coming from a cold. Well, yeah, Cleveland. So, like, yeah, yeah. You know, it might have been a cold thing. Like, you don't want to stand out in the cold. I understand. I know you don't want to stand out in the cold, but go to your car. Oh, I see what they're saying. So, they're actually being caring. Yeah. They're sort of saying, like, maybe there's another warm spot for you to talk. Yeah. I think that you're being very generous with your interpretation. Trying to peel back the layers. Yeah. I'm trying to find the goodness in each person. That's I like right. that. I like that. And this is actually a perfect segue to our third letter and final letter. Oh my gosh, Joni, you've got to read this one. Short but sweet. It says, I don't need a meteorological seminar. Just tell me the weather. Parm, Ohio. What do you think about that Someone one, Someone is opposed to learning. Yes. <laughs> I don't need to know. Just tell me, do I need a jacket or not? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Is that an unnecessary groan or a legit moan? That, that's just mean. That's a mean groan. Yeah. You know? Like, that's these people's jobs. Yeah. The way right. works really hard to like do this for you. This is a service. You should just take it with a smile. Like, you doesn't have to get up. At four in the morning, just to tell you over and over again, it's going to be hot. <laughs> yeah. I hope this person was watching the Weather Channel because it's like, what else do you want them to talk about? Exactly. Like, exactly. Also, it ain't that complicated. I feel like the hardest right. word maybe might be barometrics or something. Yeah. Doppler. You know I, mean? I never know and what the also, Doppler is. Yeah. As, as someone who was just, I was just on a trip with my mom and it was really fun and it was so sweet. But she loves the weather like she loves hearing about the weather so much. And so she has an app, like I was looking at the like weather.com app, but she has an app where she'd be like, it's going to be this many degrees, but it's going to feel like this many degrees. Like she like <laughs> knew so much about the weather. And I feel like if you told our mom, like, okay, now from now on, meteorologists are just going to like on the news, they're just going to like give you the weather. They're going to tell you the high, the low, and if it's going to rain or not. She would be so bummed out. She'd be like, I want to hear like if there's a cold front coming in. Like I get that stuff. I also feel like 
I have that in me where I'm like, I guess I could hear about the weather all day. Like, it's so (laughs) fun. It's almost like telling the future in a way, except you have, I don't know. It's like, it's really cool. I love hearing about the weather and I wouldn't want to do that to our mom either to, you know, cut it down. You like to be thoroughly informed. There's nothing wrong with that. There's, There's layers of information. Do you know also about this rain thing where it's like, do you know what it means when they say there's like a 50% chance of rain? Oh, no. Okay. This is crazy. I learned this recently and there's some debate about it, but basically if it says like somewhere there's a 50% chance of rain, that means 50% of that area will get rain. It doesn't mean it's like a probability of 50%. And that to me is shocking. That is so enlightening. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm like 50 cent. Well, it may or may not rain. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like, no, only 50% of your area coverage is getting right. So it's going to rain in a certain pocket. Exactly. It's going to rain for sure, but it's going to rain in these pockets. Yeah. It might not affect you. Interesting. I've done a little research on this because I love the weather. (laughs) And there is some debate of like, it's a kind of a combination of both things a little bit because they can't say for sure if it's going to rain. So it's a little bit of a mixture of those two things. But I think for the most part, it is just saying like, how much of the area will get rain. Yeah, that's amazing. And hence why you should just be open for new information at any given time. Yes. Because I have lived 44 years on this planet without knowing that that's what it kind of meant. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's always fun to like learn new shit. And the weather is an important factor on the existence of why Earth is what it is. Like the rain is such a miracle. You know what I mean? Like, People are like, I hate rainy days. It's like, well, if you think about it in the terms of like what it actually means that we get rain and it grows and helps the trees to this, that, and the other, and the earth is a perfect distance from the sun, right? To kind of allow for, you know, this kind of climate to allow for the growth of life and like blah, blah, blah. That shit is highly fascinating. I get why people can get obsessed with it. And then you bring it into the 2000s or the 90s or whatever. And it's like, yeah, do I need a jacket today? And at what time? Exactly. Ken, are you someone who checks the weather? Because I kind of just get dressed based on what I think it's going to be like. And then I kind of just commit to it. And I'm just like sometimes very under or overdressed. I do both. I check the weather. And I also step outside and and do my own kind of personal barometer kind of thing. Like. It's just feeling like, oh, there's looking like it might rain a little later. Kind of like Bill Paxton and Twister, like a human barometer, <laughs> kind of like a feeling in the dirt. We got a little, little something uh-huh, coming our uh-huh. way. Okay, so you do your own experiments. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Just like to be in tune with Mother Earth. You gotta be. You gotta be. Remember, Jonah, growing up, a big thing with Cleveland weather was the Doppler? Yeah. Doppler 5 radar. Is that like a global thing? Or was that I just a, a type Cleveland of satellite thing. or something? It is. And if your town has a Doppler radar, you got a legit meteor, <laughs> okay. meteorological, meteorological yeah. town, whatever okay. kind of service. Okay. Yeah. Did you have a Doppler growing up? Atlanta had a Doppler. Yeah. And I think the, the main three channels all had their own. So like Their own Dopplers. Doppler yeah. 5.0 for Fox 5 News. And yeah. this is right. Doppler 3 1000 for NBC3, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And these geniuses are using the Doppler and then they're going on in front of a blank screen and looking at a little TV. They are in front of a green screen and they have to know where everything is behind them. This it's is wild. a hard job. I, I'd love for this person in Parma to give everybody a break. Yeah, I think they need to give people a break. They're stuck in their ways. Like, it sounds like a person that refuses to not do better than than spam all the time. It's also, I could say to this person, I just want the football score. I don't want to see the game. Yeah. It's like, come on. Like, it's an awesome, there's a lot of people trying real hard out there. Yeah. And you're skipping right, over right. all of that. I agree with both of you two. I think this is unnecessary. Uh, I also necessary. find the term, I don't need a meteorological seminar to be so condescending. It, right. <laughs> You would fucking love to be invited to that seminar. Yes. <laughs> and you know it. Just tell me the like, weather. Oh, I was just passing by. What is this convention? Oh, it's a meteorological seminar. Oh, well, I guess I'm not invited. No, you can come in. Really? Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yes. I would not want to work in a customer service and have this as one of my customers, I'll tell you that yeah. much. Boy, just tell me the weather. Um, Excuse me? Yeah. Also, God bless those customer service people because I'm sure they hear and have to deal with oh, yeah. wild, wild shit. Yes. Oof. Well, we're, I think we're all in agreement on all three of these. We're all in much. agreement yep. on all three of these. These are our times. Well, Keenan. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for doing this. Um, our listeners might not know this, but I had a lot of technological snafus at the beginning that got us a little bit of a <laughs> late start. And I do apologize to both of you and our producers for that. It was but... the best. We have to use all of that footage. We just have to. We'll have some bonus footage of Vanessa frantically trying to find her, her computer charger that, you know, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll get out there somehow for, for the super fans. It's so cr- it's shocking. Jonah and I both have a shocking ability to lose things that like are pretty big in, in our, and we don't live in. Right before you need it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. A, it's, a, it's a skill. It's a Bayer thing. That's life. Well, Keenan, where can people find you if they want to see your work, listen to your Absolutely. We have a podcast as well. Yeah, oh, my yes. buddy and I, we do our podcast called You Already Know. It's kind of everywhere, I guess. And it's just me and my buddy, Tani. And we, you know, we just, it started from a, a mutual, you know, fandom of like movies and TV and just, you know, life in general is, you know, young black men trying to survive in this man's America. Um, and, you know, that's kind of like what our conversations are about, you know, current events and just, you know, Two bros going through life talking about, you know, the things that we enjoy. And yeah, it started in the pandemic and, you know, we're hundred something episodes deep wow. now at this point. It's so much fun. And these come out, what, every Friday? Yeah, we drop every Friday and that's a lot of fun. So that, I think that's the closest to like me, the person there probably is as yes. far as like recorded material is concerned. Because like even when you do like a talk show, you still kind of got to like put it on to make sure, right, you know, right, mean, right, like right, you're promoting right. the right way or whatever. But on a podcast, I can just, you know, be as energetic or non-energetic or as true to myself as I have ever been able to be. So like, that's kind of the one thing I do love about podcasting. Yes. Um, not that there's only one thing, but it's, you know, kind of the main thing. It's like, I can really just be myself and have a genuine interaction without any kind of agenda. The only agenda is like, are we entertaining ourselves, basically? Yes, and totally. That has turned into something that people want to hear. Like, when we don't drop a new episode on Friday, motherfuckers are pissed. You know what I mean? It's yeah. A, it's a real <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. So I'm there, and I'm everywhere at NBC always. You know what yes. I mean? We're, we're yes. NBC fam, so yes. that's, that's totally. where you can find me. Yeah. SNL will still, I'm sure they'll still be, even because of the writer's strike and stuff, still playing, you know, episodes. And my bet is that you're going to be. Yeah, in. I mean, they've got a, they've got an archive to last. They've got a little a bit while. of archive there. Yeah. Yeah. But it was sad to cut the season short and not, yeah. you know, say proper goodbyes and stuff like that. Because it's also always tough, you know, departing people for longer periods of time, even when you know you're coming back to them. But it's just sad, you know what I mean? Because we do spend so much time around each other, whether it's bigging each other up or creating with each other. Like we, we spend a lot of our, our time from, you know, October to May. Yes. You know, just in the mindset of being around each other. And then that kind of gets ripped away from you. Totally. Yeah. It feels like the last day of school or like graduation where it's like, oh, I'm happy I graduated, but now I won't see all my friends in the same capacities or whatever. Yeah. Like that change is always yeah kind of jarring. So yeah. To have it be even more abrupt was, you know. Yeah, tough. It's tough, you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, I am sleeping a lot. <laughs> yeah, sleeping a lot. And we got to get these studios to freaking get real and WGA strong, etc. And come on, studios, wake up and stop trying to replace us with AI. Also, whose money do you think? Whose pockets is it hurt? I, what, what is yeah. the problem? You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you're not feeling this. It's just numbers on a page, on a screen, yeah. on a this and that and the other. So, like, fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Okay, well, thank you so much, Keenan. It was uh, truly... such a pleasure, man. This is part one, by the this way. This is part right, one. We, we got to have you back. Please. Like, I just love to get to spend any time with you because you're just such a little sweetie. Same. And Same. You make me smile little... so much. I can only imagine how much... Like, between you and Molly, you are, like, <laughs> very similar, like, you know, energies. You know what I mean? Like, you smile. You want other people to smile. You're girly, you know what I mean? It's just like very, very like sweet energy, but hyper, hyper funny too. You know what I mean? Like your comedic knowledge, you know, sometimes gets muted because your smile is so like magnetic and stuff. And like, it was like, oh, we want to just see her smile. And then you hear how smart you are humor wise. It's like, oh, Keenan, fucking icing on the cake. So I can only imagine how much fun y'all are having on that show. And I hope it. Yeah, Last we forever. had a lot of fun together. Yeah, I really do. It's awesome. So that's so nice. I can't wait to to return to our combo. I can't know? wait either, and I can't wait until SNL returns uh, once all this stuff gets straightened out and the writers get what they need. And I truly, 
I will just say this too. When I was at SNL, if you put Keenan in your sketch, it will most likely get on because he makes everything so funny. You can give him any character and he just turns it into like the best character ever. It's just, oh, thank just you. a little... We try. Hilarious, you know, sweetie. We just try to deliver that laugh, you know, for the writers. Like one of our writers finally got a sketch on this year and I've been watching her kind of like, not necessarily struggle, but like figuring it out. You know what yeah. I mean? Like figuring out what makes you laugh and how to transfer that to the show can take you know, a, a variety of so long, um, yeah. You know, experiences or how many shows it takes for you to like make that make sense. For me, it was several seasons, but for a writer, you know, they're they're under the gun. You know, each week yeah. and like each week, you don't score. You know, it feels like people are tallying that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it, it just puts a lot of pressure on them. So to see her finally get this one sketch on, it was such like a a pleasure to finally watch someone like lock it in you know what I mean? yes. like when you unlock yeah. things on the guitar or whatever it's like yeah. oh it's that easy like yeah you just had to like unlock that pattern or whatever so i ended up trying to heighten it even further you know what i mean because i was just so excited that this thing was getting on for her and i wanted to be like you know a historic legendary you know remembered kind of kind of moment for them yeah and it worked out it was it was so awesome so I'm just a big fan of, you know, everybody kind of getting their moment, you know, like you talked about ensembles, like I've been a team player kind of all my life. So yeah, it really shows. Yeah. And I love this team. I love this team. I too. always love this team here. Well, yeah. And next time you come out, we're going to be doing some shredding for real. I'm going to see some videos. Next time you're going to just be letting the fretboard on fire. Yes. And I'll go rock and roll is here. Yes, yes. And yes. Yeah, to say, let's <laughs> yes. take it to the top. <laughs> well, that was really fun. <laughs> Thanks so much to Keenan for joining us and to everyone for listening. If you enjoyed that, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural icons like Bo Jackson. D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.